Hi there, it's Ed here with a short message before we start the pod this week. Did you know that our most informed investors get insights, articles and investment ideas from Tom, me and the team sent directly to them via email and it is completely free. You can join them. Just subscribe at fidelity.co.uk slash newsletters. In this week's market update, investors assess Powell's Jackson Hole message. China tries to rebuild confidence as the post-COVID slump continues and inflation finally starts to fall back in the UK. Well, the final week of the holidays between the UK's August bank holiday and America's Labor Day break is always a quiet period in the markets. This year is no exception and there's little of note on the calendar on either side of the Atlantic when it comes to either economic data or company results. More important for investors is what's going on in China, where the authorities are working hard to rebuild confidence after the hoped-for pandemic rebound failed to materialise in the first half of 2023. The latest measure to stimulate activity this weekend focused on the stock market, with the decision to cut a government levy on share dealing for the first time since the 2008 financial crisis. China has held back from large-scale fiscal or monetary stimulus despite evidence that the economy is heading towards deflation. However, ongoing problems in the important property sector and a widespread unwillingness by consumers to start spending again are forcing the government's hand. Shares in China rose by 1% on Tuesday, having already added as much as 5.5% on Monday as investors started to believe that further stimulus might be on the way. The final gain on Monday was 1.2% and Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index added 1%. Despite the modest rally this week, Chinese shares have significantly underperformed since the spring. The last year has been a game of two halves for investors in China. From the market low point last October until about March, Chinese shares tracked the S&P 500 as investors anticipated the benefits of Beijing ending three years of strict COVID restrictions. But over the past six months, China has fallen by nearly 10%, while the US has risen by the same margin, as it became clear that the world's two largest economies were diverging. China's economy is particularly dependent on its property sector, with construction contributing hugely to GDP growth, both directly and indirectly. Falling house prices and financial problems at some of the country's biggest developers, like Evergrande and Country Garden, have weighed heavily on sentiment. The spillover into the consumer economy has been dramatic, with younger Chinese who grew up in a boom economy pre-COVID reining in their spending on discretionary items like cars and holidays. The impact has shown up in particular in the commodity markets, for which Chinese demand is a key driver. The cost of a barrel of Brent crude, for example, fell from around $100 a barrel in October last year to less than $75 by March. It's since settled at around $85 a barrel. The cost of copper, a key metal for many industries, including construction, has fallen from over $11,000 a tonne in 2021 to just over $8,000 a tonne today. Basic material stocks were therefore a big beneficiary of this week's rally, with the Stock 600 Basic Resources Index up 1.6% on Tuesday, as investors bet that fresh economic support measures would boost demand in the country. Other beneficiaries have been European luxury goods companies, which are dependent on Chinese spending. 
Hermes and LVMH both rose strongly on Monday. Meanwhile, the other big focus for investors in the past week has been Jay Powell's widely anticipated speech at the Jackson Hole Economic Symposium on Friday. As expected, he provided some useful insight into the future direction of interest rates, striking a fairly hawkish tone, but promising to proceed carefully as the Fed navigates the final phase of its campaign to stamp out the worst inflation shock in decades. Powell told the Jackson Hole Summit that inflation remained too high, raising the prospect that the Federal Reserve is not done yet with a rate-rising cycle that has seen interest rates increase from zero to between five and a quarter and five and a half percent in just 18 months. It's been one of the most aggressive and fastest monetary tightening cycles ever, but has so far failed to cause real damage to a remarkably resilient US economy. Powell said the Fed was prepared to raise rates further if appropriate and said he would hold policy at today's restrictive level until there was confidence that enough had been done to push inflation sustainably down towards the 2% target. Headline US inflation has fallen sharply from a peak of 9.1%, but at 3.2% in July, it remained both above target and above the June level of 3%. The consensus forecast today is that the Fed will hold fire in September at its next meeting, but could pull the trigger again before the end of the year if inflation remains meaningfully above target. Bond yields responded to Powell's hawkish message by rising slightly to 5.07% on the rate-sensitive two-year yield and to 4.25% on the longer-term, more inflation and growth-focused 10-year bond. The gap between the two is seen as a good guide to future economic activity. When the 10-year bond yield is lower than the two-year, it suggests that investors think current policy is likely to lead to a growth slowdown or recession. The current gap is historically wide and points to a recession ahead, although sceptics note that it has been doing so for a long time with no evidence that the economy is really slowing meaningfully. This week's small number of economic releases should shed some light on the extent to which previous interest rate hikes are feeding through into activity. With numbers due on US GDP and the labour market, as well as the Fed's preferred inflation measure, the Personal Consumption Expenditures Index. Meanwhile, on this side of the pond, the UK's battle with much more persistent inflation than in the US is in focus. Here too, the news is better than it has been, with the British Retail Consortium publishing figures today that showed the annual rate of UK shop price inflation fell in August to its lowest level in almost a year. The key driver of shop prices in Britain this year has been food inflation, which has been particularly acute. Even here, however, the rate of price rises has fallen to 11.5% in August, down from 13.4% the previous month and the lowest level since September last year. Overall, shop inflation fell to 6.9% in August, down from 8.4% in July, and the lowest level since October 2022. And the headline rate of overall inflation in the broader economy eased to 6.8% in July, helped by lower electricity and gas prices. The UK has had a tougher time dealing with inflation than other countries, including the rest of Europe and the US, with research from the London School of Economics earlier this year suggesting that around a third of the rise in UK food prices since 2019 could be put down to post-Brexit trade barriers. 
Please be aware the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may not get back what you invest. This information does not constitute investment advice and should not be used as the basis for any investment decision, nor should it be treated as a recommendation for any investment. Investors should also note that the views expressed may longer be current and may have already been acted upon. Reference to specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Fidelity Personal Investing does not give personal recommendations. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to an authorised financial advisor. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. It is meant for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. Issued by Financial Administration Services Limited, authorised and regulated in the UK by the Financial Conduct Authority. Fidelity, Fidelity International, the Fidelity International logo and F symbol are trademarks of FIL Limited.